Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm Lou Ann Anderson and delighted to have you here with me today. You may have noticed the title of today's episode, Bond Elections and Taxpayer Bondage. What are we talking about? Why are we talking about that? Well, today marks the start of early voting here in Texas. What is a bond? Well, as a noun, a bond is a financial instrument that is issued by government entities. It's used to fund capital expenditures, things like buildings, renovations, equipment, uh, all sorts of items like that. Bond elections occur when a taxing entity wants to issue bonds that will be repaid via ad valorem or often known as property taxes. Not all bonds require taxpayer approval, but many types do. And with that, May 1st is our uniform election day in which local subdivisions, political subdivisions, they can have general elections to fill offices or conduct other taxpayer businesses. And May 1st is the election date, but today marks the start of the early voting. For the purposes of our conversation today, I want to talk about an election here in my town of Temple, Texas. Temple, Texas is in Central Texas. We're located in Bell County. And one of the government entities here, Temple College, is looking to have a bond election in order to um, finance some, some again, buildings, renovation, things like that, upgrades of their facilities. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of what this bond is for and what's good, what's bad, but I do want to use this as an example to talk about the mechanics of bond elections. And by looking cl- more closely at this Temple College bond election, there's some points that can be drawn from that and they can be applied to bond elections anywhere that you are, certainly in the state of Texas, any bond election, be it another college or school district, city, county, um, whatever. Because government is a monkey see, monkey do business. They really all work off of one playbook that's just kind of modified for the, the different types of government entities. And so, therefore, there are a lot of points, there are a lot of observations that can be made with any one specific election, and they're important points of consideration that can be taken and applied to many other locales. Okay, in the case of Temple College, they are asking for a $124.9 million bond election. That's what voters are being asked to approve. Now, the trick with this 
is that this amount, this 124.9 million, let's just round it up to 125, 125 million just for purposes of our discussion. That amount that they're advertising, that they're saying, oh, please, taxpayers, come, come approve us to get this money, they're not telling you the full story. That amount is principal only. You know how it is. When you go buy a house, when you go buy a car, there's a base amount. And then if you're financing it, you're going to be paying back your base amount, which is called the principal. But there's also going to be interest that you pay. Interest. It's a fee for that, for the use of this money over a period of time. It's a premium that you pay. Bonds are no different. So when Temple College is saying, oh, please, taxpayers, come fund our $125 million project, what they're not telling you is that a fair number to use is about 40% of interest is also going to be put on top of that base amount. So in our example here, you add another 40% of $125 million, and you're talking about another $50 million. So the proposal that taxpayers are being asked to propose to approve is actually closer to $175 million. Hmm, well, maybe that's reasonable. You know, we could probably afford that. They haven't done anything in a while. So, so you know, maybe we could, we could make that argument. Well, the other thing, remember when you go back and you're buying that house or that car, when you're looking at the principal, the base amount you're going to pay, and what other interest is going to be added to it, and you're thinking about, okay, can I afford this? Does this make sense to do? Is this a good use of my money? What do you do? A lot of times you kind of sit back and say, well, wait a minute. I need to also think about what is my overall financial picture? You know, do I have any other debt? Can I, you know, is this house, with this house, will I be able to afford all of the other financial commitments which I already have, you look at the totality of your financial situation. That's common sense. That's prudent money management. It's not real high-level thinking. It's just basic. We should be doing the same thing when we look at our local governments asking for debt. But I guarantee you, you're not going to be getting any kind of bigger picture from any of these government entities. But there are ways that you can do your own research and find it out. There's a great website, Texas Bond Review Board. It has all of these databases that you can go in and plug in if you're interested in a school district, if you're interested in a city, if you're interested in county debt, in your colleges. You can go in, plug in your specific information, and it will come through and tell you how much bond, how many bonds have been issued per specific government entity. It'll tell you the principal and the interest and give you all sorts of information, dates of issuance, when they're set to mature, all that type thing. It's important within your own community to look at, well, okay, here's entity A asking to take on this money, but maybe I need to see what entities B through D already have me on the hook for and see if the totality of this financial picture truly makes sense. I did that. Here in the area where Temple College is, Bell County, Texas, uh, an average voter being asked to vote on this could easily live in the city of Temple, Bell County, and be within the Temple Independent School District. So what do those people have an outstanding debt that me as a taxpayer is already on the hook for? Well, let me tell you. 
Um, the city of Temple has about $450 million in local bond debt. That's $337 uh, million in principal, $111 million in interest. Bell County, they've got basically $125 million total debt. That's 105 in principal, 20 million in interest. Temple College currently they have 20 million dollars in principal, 2 million in interest for a total of 22 million dollars. And now they're asking to to up that to um, 175 million dollars. Temple Temple ISD they've got 175 million dollars in principal, 90 million in interest for 265 million dollars. You add all that together, it comes up to $861.5 million. You put the Temple College proposed debt on top of that, and ladies and gentlemen, you are now up to a voter debt liability that exceeds the $1 billion mark. I wonder how many voters know that when they walk into the voting booth. I bet not many. I'm not saying it's a reason not to do it. Some of these just some of these uh, projects have been totally justifiable, but awareness is key, and I think government entities don't want to have this kind of transparency. They don't want voters to know the whole big picture, and so it becomes becomes incumbent upon us as voters, as good citizens, to do our homework and know what really are the implications of what we're being asked to vote on. Another point, kind of related to that. Local government entities, they coordinate their efforts. They, get, they have their calendar down. Everybody, they know, oh, we can't have everybody come at once asking with our hands out, asking taxpayers to increase their tax burdens. So expect this to be only the first of probably a new slate of bond proposals. The county, they're always wanting to do work on the jail. School districts, they've always got things. Who knows what now after COVID, post-COVID, you know, we're going to have people, you know, saying that facilities need to have certain retro, retrofitting in order to make it, you know, safer for students and teachers and staff. So um, I definitely would just caution you that be aware this is just one, but there are many more to come. Of course, every time there's one of these elections, the bond advocates, they put together these, you know, spiffy campaigns, which are paid for by taxes most of the time, um, to advocate and promote passage of their of their elections. And Temple College is no different. They put out this uh, one, two, three, four-page mailer, all in the school colors, you know, nicely done, nicely done. Oh, this was paid for by a PAC that supports the 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 package. But anyway, it, if within this, uh, the bond advocates in this piece, they espouse how 50% of the tax in increased taxes will be paid by commercial and industrial businesses, not the residents. So, hey, residents, you can go vote for this and you can just, you know, saddle your, your, the corporate corporations or the businesses in your community with this. Does anybody really think that Increased taxes aren't passed on to consumers or the users of services of businesses. I mean, we're having this conversation at the federal level where the Biden regime wants to have all of these um, new taxes, but they keep saying, oh, no, no, Joe taxpayer, don't you worry about it. This is going to mainly fall on the corporations. Well, those corporations, those businesses, they're going to pass that on through to 
their consumers, their customers, the users of their product. And even for the rare cases where that isn't done, you may have other smaller businesses that, you know, realize that they can't be cost effective if they do that. But absorbing it could mean a very unhealthy move. It could be a very unhealthy move for their businesses. After the last year, have many businesses who have struggled to make it through this last year and have financial challenges that will be ongoing. Is this really the time to go and hit them with a tax increase? Something to think about. Another thing, oh, this is one of my favorite things. Interest rates are at historic lows. Yeah, and they've been at historic lows for, well, I know the 15 years that I've been studying this interest, this, this issue, they have been at, at, at uh, historic lows, and this sales point has been used over and over and over again. In fact, I would uh, submit that that's how, in my local community, we got to nearly a billion dollars in government debt is because this sales point has been used and has been, has been accepted by taxpayers. Another fun one here, won't cost age 65 plus a single penny. That's factually accurate. I agree with that as as a statement of fact. It won't. But just because you as a 65-year-old could go and vote for a tax increase for your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, is that really the right thing to do? Just because you can subject your fellow residents, your fellow taxpayers to an involuntary tax, tax increase, should you? I don't know. You be the judge. Another thing... Education-oriented bond elections are routinely touted as for the students, for the students, for the kids, for the future, for a bright tomorrow, all those type things. Well, let's remember that also that um, these bond elections are setting the same students, kids, whoever, they're being set up to inherit a massive legacy of long-term debt. And is this something that we want to pass on to those who come after us. Another thing they say is that, oh, in the case of Temple College, this is unanimously supported by the uh, Temple College Board of Trustees. Unanimously supported. Yeah, I imagine it is. Because when you get on some kind of board or you get on your, your school board, you join the city council, you go to training sessions, also known as um, indoctrination, and they're going to tell you, they're going to give you kind of a certain code of, of ethics. Well, ethics, no, that's, that's way too overstated the word. A code of conduct. They have certain performance ideals that they want to have you as a member of a board support in order to do things. And one of those is always appearing to have a united front. If a school board goes and approves a school superintendent, um, or, you know, approves a contract. They always want to make sure that they are unified, that they have a united front, and so everybody votes in unison. Everybody votes for the same thing. And the reason why I think it is fair to say that's a degree of indoctrination, indoctrination is because it basically is saying we need to speak as one voice. So dissenting voices, dissenting points of view, eh, they're not so welcome in these kinds of environments. So when we hear that the Temple College uh, Board unanimously supports this, it's like I would expect nothing less because that is just the way in which these boards operate. 
trust me, if somebody really isn't happy about it, they're not going to be on that board long, be it whether they get run off or they leave on their own. Something else, too, to think about is that um, higher ed is really struggling to stay relevant post-pandemic. In the last year, colleges, universities have been put under a microscope, and people, I think, have begun to wonder, is this really, is, you know, are colleges really relevant? Are they really providing the mechanisms that we need, the avenues of education that we need to effectively educate our students to prepare a future workforce to be able to go out in the world and be competitive. I think that's just something else to think about that do colleges, are they fulfilling the mission that they have been touting? These colleges, they're trying to get so many kids, they try to lure so many students into higher ed, students that don't need to be there. And, oh, you don't need to worry about it because there's student loans, there's grants, there's all these types of things. And getting these increased enrollments are how they also justify the need for all these new expenditures. And I think we just need to be watching what's happening in terms of college admission rates, are colleges attracting as many students, and therefore... What are we doing when we're spending money on all of these facilities? Are these facilities really going to be needed? Are they the right facilities that we need? Is what's happening on college campuses today truly relevant and helpful in preparing Americans to work in, in our economy? I don't know. You know, you, higher ed thinks very highly of itself, but a lot of times a lot of low-level thinking is coming out of those institutions. Again, these points that I brought up, Temple College is our example, but they can be applied to bond elections and that are going on across the board, be it other colleges, be it cities, be it counties. You will see a lot of the same mechanics coming through. Government is a monkey-see, monkey-do proposition. They all use basically the same playbook. It's just, it's just edited to, for a little bit different format within the different government entities. And again, these points, they're not going to be included in any government-promoted campaign materials, but I would just encourage you to give it, to give these points some mindful consideration prior to any yes vote. Thank you for your time today. hope I've given you some good points to ponder over with regard to bond elections. Again, in terms of is this a good expenditure or bad expenditure, Read the materials, do your do your homework, and make your own call there. But I just always think it's important from a transparency standpoint that people kind of understand the mechanics of how government works and how they approach trying to sell to taxpayers the idea of taking on a greater debt liability. Here in Bell County, we could be looking at more than a billion dollars in local government debt. That's a lot of money. A billion seems like a bunch to me. I don't know, though. Now that we hear things thrown around in hundreds of billions and trillions, maybe other people wouldn't agree, but I do think it's important to keep perspective of how much our debt is mounting and the mechanics, the frameworks, kind of deconstructing how it is that governments go about trying to sell 
these projects so that taxpayers can look not just at individual entities who are trying to sell them on this, but I encourage that you understand the global picture of your of the financial commitments which you are taking on, your community is taking on, and what you're committing future generations to. So that's my point of view on this. Hope it's been helpful. Check us out on Facebook or email me at politicalpursuitspod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Until then, thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.